A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips Tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Uh, we were thinking about having red hot chili peppers to your theme music. And I'm like, no, I want Uncle Cracker. What three wrestling matches would you watch if you were stranded on a desert island? This is what I'm asking wrestling's best. In the ring, around the ring, behind the scenes, or behind a microphone. I'm Tom Campbell. Thank you for joining me on Cultaholic Island for another episode of Desert Island Graps. Brooklyn, New York, raise some hell and make a little noise! I want to thank the bad guy, Razor Ramon! Yeah! For bringing me to WCW as part of the NWO. The man you're looking at right now, he was formerly the one, two, three kid. Do know he was released from that organization, no longer with them. Then firing me just in time to come back and join D-Generation X and help win the Monday Night Wars. Kevin Nash and Scott Hall would be standing right here with us if they weren't being held hostage by World Championship Wrestling, and that's a fact, Eric Bischoff, so put that in your pipe and smoke it. DX, NWO, or just be a part of the click. You know, but I, honestly, I didn't I, I didn't think I'd be alive to see this, and, uh, and I'm so grateful to be here. Sean Waldman, how are you doing? Wonderful, wonderful, Tom. Thank you for having me on Cultaholic. <laughs> Cultaholic. I, I have to say, I am a big fan of the beard that's going on. I feel like this is a meeting of Beards Anonymous. I'm a fan of this. Um, oh, yeah. Was was yeah. this something that you you deliberately grew during the, the last weird 12 months? Is this something that you're keeping? Is it something that you'll be shaving at some point? What's the crack? No, I started growing it uh, before, like, probably, like, I don't know, a couple of, I've always had a beard, right? But I always yeah. kept it kind of close since we're, since we're, okay, we're going to talk about beards for a second. Yeah, I've always, like, kept a beard since, since I came back to WWF and was in DX, I had to, I had to go T as six, right? So then I went back and I switched it up and grew the beard. When I was younger, man, when I was one, two, three kid, I couldn't grow, you know, beard, mustache, very good, you know, so. Once I could, once I was able to and look like a man, you know, <laughs> like a grown ass man. Finally, what do you I use did. to to keep so, your beard in good nick? What sort of things do you use product wise? I use different oils, mm-hmm. different oils. Like uh, right now, I'm using tea tree oil in it. Nice. Um, but but uh, um, I enjoy it, man. I enjoy going to the barber and and getting fussed over, you know, and getting the 
getting the high skin fade and the beard. And, and so I started growing it out a little bit more. Um, I just like the way it looks, man. It's just, it was, it's weird to grow it out. Like there's that weird stage before you can do something with it when it's fuller, you know? So it's better like to go to the barbers as well, because the, the fear is, I don't know whether you've done this and we'll talk about wrestling in a bit. I promise this isn't just weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I promise. <laughs> but I have that thing where I'll try and shave it and I'll try and shave it and I'll go a little bit too deep in. And all of a sudden you've got to start again and, and you look like a child and, and you're sad for about three weeks until it starts to grow back again. <laughs> oh yeah. It happened to me right before the world war three um, battle Royal and WCW. And I ended up coming like, in with a completely shaped face. Like for the, if you go back and look at that end up when I was in NWO at WCW and uh, I blamed it on my daughter, but it was me. Oh yeah. At the time I was like, Oh, my daughter knocked into my hand while I was, no, it was all me. <laughs> <laughs> well, so. well, more power to the beard. We will talk about wrestling now because Sean, we are sending you onto a desert Island, sir. And whilst you're there, you're going to get to watch three wrestling matches to, to keep you sane whilst you're there. Uh, three matches that have some significance to you. So what would you like your first one to be? On a different day, I might have picked three different matches, uh, but these are amongst my favorites. That's cool. And like, I would, be, I would be content if these were three matches I had to watch. And they're, they're different, you know, they're different. Okay, so, okay, let me just get into it, okay? Yeah, let's do your first um, one. What's your first one going to be? Yeah. My first one is a 10-man elimination tag match. It's, it's from 1986, and it pits New Japan Pro Wrestling versus Team UWF. The first version of UWF kind of came back into into New Japan and they had that big, you know, interpromotional war. And this was like to me the pinnacle of it. And I I mean from the from the from the get-go, from the time before the bell rings, the, the crowd's just white hot. And, and, and they're white hot the whole way through, man. It's incredible. So the people in it are uh, Inoki, Fujinami, Kengo Kimura, not to be uh, – there's, there's also Russia Kimura back then, so this is Kengo. Uh, a man named Ueda. I'm not going to pronounce his first name, but his name – used to call him Mr. Ueda. And he was this old – he was a big dude. He had kind of a belly – kind of spindly arms, and he had bleach blonde hair. You probably, I guarantee you, like, y'all have seen this guy. He was, like, the one guy that just didn't fit in with the rest of the team. But, like, he was he was really over. Like, every time he got in the ring, he was really over. And he actually eliminated Maeda, which was got the big – it's, like, one of the best moments ever in Japanese wrestling. But, uh, anyways, it's just – man, this match is just incredible. And I love the UWF style and – and, and, you know, and, and the New Japan style, too. You know, I just, I like all the styles in Japan. But anyways, the, on, the, on the UWF team, it's, it's Maeda, Akira Maeda, Yoshiaki Fujiwara, Takada, Yamazaki, and Osamu Kido. And it was just, I mean, the action is amazing. I guess I like all kinds of wrestling, but I, I just love the pure wrestling 
aspect of this, man. And and the the, the crowdy, it's amazing. The first time you saw this match, can you remember when that was? It was sometime in my friend Fumi Saito uh, gave me a tape, uh, and it ha- had it on it. It was into the '90s. It was like probably ten years after it happened. So. But you know, like I was at one time, I was going to go and, and and wrestle in UWF, and so like I, you know, early on when I was a kid, I trained in that style, and I was there at one point. I might have went completely that way uh, and not ever did like the high flying and you know all that. That's you know so. Anyways, I mean, there's a bit of that element of it. You know, we when we talk about sort of the new generation era of the WWF and there is sort of that style that comes into it. And, and a lot of people see you as sort of that practitioner that, that pushes that style during that weird time in the WWF during 1995. Do you think a match like this would have lent a lot to uh, what you brought to the company in 95? There were things that I saw in this in this match that I I appropriated. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> so, I mean, there are elements that I've done in, in, uh, you know, in important matches in WWF and also like also given ideas to others that I got from that match. The biggest moment in the match is, is, is Wada eliminating Maeda. I mean, because no one saw it coming. <laughs> How crucial was wrestling to your upbringing? It, well, I mean, raised by a single mom and she worked a lot. And, and you know, so kind of, I kind of did my own thing. I was a rambunctious kid. And like, uh, I just, wrestling was the one thing. It's when I went to wrestling, uh, my first match, I saw Dusty Rhodes or Ric Flair. That was my very first wrestling match right and i fell in love with it i knew that's what i wanted to do that night and so i was focused man i i was i i learned everything i could about wrestling i i um it gave me focus man it's the it was that and and martial arts i started taking martial arts it was it were those two things that saved me what led you to martial arts uh well i mean it was just i just okay you know um on Sunday here in the, in the United States on USA Network, uh, USA All-Star Wrestling was the big wrestling show, you know, WWF. Um, and like right after that came Kung Fu Theater. Nice. It was say Kung Fu Theater, all the old chop sake flicks and, you know, all the old Hong Kong cinema stuff. And um, uh, so, you know, that was always amazing too. And being, you know, like, like ninjas became really hot at the time. It was just, it was, it was, and it was also something that I realized would be kind of an equalizer for me in wrestling. Mm, to have that you know? in your back pocket with, you know, yeah. depending on how, if, if something goes awry, you know that you can handle yourself. You mentioned that the dusty Ric Flair match was the, was the yeah. match that you saw that made you go, yes, this is a thing I want to do. How did you, what led you to go to the wrestling that night to see it? Oh, I knew somebody that worked at the, at the venue, mm. Bayfront Center Arena in, in my hometown, St. Pete, Florida. And Bayfront Center is like the Madison Square Garden of Florida. Like even on the inside, it looks like a miniature Madison Square Garden. Like, like it's built like that. And uh, um, 
so yeah it was it was just the perfect place to go see your first wrestling match oh gosh yeah like somewhere that looks like a mini madison square and flair yeah, just Spokey, on the card Spokey as well arena oh, yeah man perfect. and like on the, on the bottom like underneath like kevin sullivan was just starting to do like the crazy you know uh say people say satanic he 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 does taskmaster yeah of stuff. no it wasn't that yet it was pretty okay. hardcore <laughs> You know, he had the Purple Haze, Mark Lewin, and, like, they were so good at the, at those, at the personas that they were project. It was incredible, man. Like, just, to, it was just amazing to see that as a kid. And also, Adrian Street was on the, on, you know, he worked, he wrestled Brad, uh, Brad Armstrong on the first show I ever went to. And, like, Brad, you know, he's put makeup all over Brad's face after he beat him. Anyways, it just, I mean, all this amazing stuff, man, is, bigger than life stuff i got to see you almost don't think about it but that's such a loaded card oh. for your first wrestling show no it's it's no wonder you fell in love with it so quickly oh i did man like 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 the the biggest love story in the world like that's me and wrestling there's i, I compare it to that you know um yeah <laughs> so leaving that show from from watching it there for the first time um what was the next thing you did because was it a case of was it a case of you love the wrestling or and you like watching it or was it immediately that's what i want to do as a thing oh no that's what i want to do immediately yeah, immediately. oh yeah yeah and so uh i would set the ring up every time like every time they were there and then i started going to other towns and helping the, his name was gordon nelson and uh he he was one of the toughest guys ever in wrestling. Actually, he was big in this in 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 the UK too. Actually, many many years ago, huge. Um, but uh, anyways, I helped Gordon set the ring up when I was like 10, 12 years old. Yeah, that's so how so that. many got started do, doing yeah. that. And and you 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 get indoctrinated to to the the behind the scenes of wrestling, and it's almost exactly a, it's almost like magic is what we say a few times on here that once you kind of start to see like how it all gets put together, once you see the sleight of hand, you're either annoyed that it's a trick or you're like, I want to learn how to do that. I want to. Yeah. But so here's that. the thing, man. Here's, here's the thing, Tom. Okay. Like I would be in the backstage area, not in the actual locker rooms, but like there was still like a backstage area. They, man, they've still protected it. Hardcore. Even in their, even in their, you know, their backstage area, like they no one talked to each other. Big time, Kate Babe still. So I, yeah, I wasn't enough. Like just even though I was around it and like in the, you know, the wrestlers' area, like they were still Kate Babe and hardcore man. Um, is it true that um, a haircut stopped you doing wrestling in the ninth grade? Oh, uh, sort of. Yeah. 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 Boy, I wonder what. Like, I wonder what my life would have been like. Had I gotten a haircut and stayed in school and uh, actually, cause I was doing the wrestling uh, preparing to like go, go on the wrestling team. And I was, I was crushing it, Tom. Like I was tall, lanky, like, like I was like almost six foot tall, like 130, even less than 130 pounds, but like real strong, you know, like, and it was just, um, I was, I was, in that in that wrestling class, I was really dominant. They, I would have been, I would have gone on to be really good, um, but I just never went. You know, I never made it out of the eighth grade. And and did they tell you to cut your hair? And you were like, yeah, yeah. If I wanted to be on the wrestling team, I had to cut my hair to actually compete. Yeah, and it wasn't happening. 
I, I was just, I don't know, man. There was other things. I was just distracted. But wrestling was always going to be where you'd end up going. Um, you. Oh yeah, I would do. I would do pro wrestling matches in the wrestling room at high school. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who was Who was a good opponent for you in the in the wrestling room at high school? Oh uh, my my cousin. My yeah. Cousin Scott. Yeah, he wrestled in the backyard with me too. It was the great Malenko, wasn't it? That uh, yeah, that taught you the ropes. Um, when you walked in for the first time to do that wrestling training, in that first day, was there something that surprised you about what you were learning about wrestling on your first day of training? I don't think so. I think I'd been around it enough, and and I was just so eager to get going and and you know, get on with it. I I don't. I don't I don't recollect anything being like oh my god this isn't what I thought it was going to be like it was exactly what I thought it was going to be actually you know um uh I just and I stayed in the ring all day long man like uh I would I would be the guy that did all the moves and and let you know I would get thrown around you know guys would practice on me so like I had more ring time than anyone else and and it showed my you know in my technique what was a piece of advice that you were given in your first couple of weeks that has stayed with you today? I don't know. Like these are weird questions. Like these are like good questions that I'm not good at answering these type of questions. Like, Oh, I got this one big profound piece of advice from the great Malenko. And uh, all these years later, now I understood, you know, like, I, I don't know. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> That's all good. Let's talk about how brilliant you were with Jerry Lynn. Oh, yeah. Phenomenal yeah, work talking Jerry about Lynn. that. Jerry Lynn had his wits about a front of the leg whip. Brings it down. But the kid slingshots him off the top rope. Climbs up to the top rope. But Lynn drop kicks him off the top rope. And the kid gets tangled up and falls to the floor. Jerry Lynn with a drop kick through the ropes at the Lightning Kid. Jerry Lynn showing much diversity in how to apply the dropkick. Watch him. Lynn sent into the ropes. The Lightning Kid misses with a clothesline. Lynn! Oh! A spinning leg scissors! Where did that come from? The Lightning Kid! Going to go sky high! Goes up and catches Lynn on the stage! The Lightning Kid with incredible aerial moves! When I first moved to Minnesota, you know, like getting acclimated up there and, uh, you know, I, I, obviously I was a Malenko guy. I wasn't a Eddie Sharkey guy or, you know, Brad Rangins. So I was coming in, I was an outsider a little bit, but um, Malenko and Eddie Sharkey were kind of tight at one point. I think Malenko actually trained Eddie a bit. Uh, so, so they kind of welcomed me in and, and, and that, but like the, the crowds there, they were used to these big giants, you know, like, I mean, uh, Jerry was there, but Jerry had a bit of a, he was small, but he had a bit of a physique on him. Right. Um, I didn't, you know, I was just a kid. I was 17. You know, I didn't, you know, I was barely, barely through puberty, you know, for me, but seriously, man, you know, like I was 18 working in a strip club with Jerry Lynn and, you know, I didn't look like, you know, I, I didn't look like I could have my barely have my driver's license, you know. So, but, but that was a but anyways, you guys worked yeah. through, didn't you? Yeah, it just took a cup. It took a match or two, man. Like my first real match in Minnesota, I wrestled Ricky Rice, who was one of the top guns in AWA, real amazing athlete. Anyways, um, you know the people laughed at me when I got you know got in the ring, and uh, once you know a couple of minutes in, they were going, you know, they got. 
They got behind me, solidly behind me, Tom. They hadn't seen any of that, you know? Like, I dove out to, the, you know, plancha and onto them under the floor and, you know, uh, German soup waxed them, and they just were like, oh, my God, what's this? So I think, do, do, you, do you get energy from that? When, when you kind of know that you're going out there and, like you say, there's a, there's a, a perception of, of what you're going to do because you're not a, an atypical-looking wrestler, but when you go out and within a couple of moves you've won them over, like, it must be the best feeling in the world to know, right? Oh, yeah. Got them. Oh, yeah. So, so like, because I, I would always expect it, right? Mm. A, a new crowd, a, a fresh crowd that hadn't seen me or – or whatever I and I, I always it, laugh out of it. Actually, I'd be like, you know, they'd be laughing and making cat calls and you know little combats or whatever. And I would just be like, you know, give it a minute or two, you know. And <laughs> and you know, it never failed. Never failed. You always, you always knew that they come around. They would come yeah. around. Yeah. Can I talk more about Jerry? Of course you can. Go for it. Because man, um. We beat the shit out of each other, Tom. Like, I mean, you saw some of it, right? Yeah. Like, I think you've seen clips of like the bar, the match we had in the bar, and like um that was only one of like three or four matches that we had in that place. And each each one was a little different, and they were all like that caliber, you know. And and Jerry and I were just figuring things out on our own, right? Like we hadn't been in the ring with all these big veterans, and you know, so like we hadn't really been sitting under a whole lot of like fruit full learning trees right so um you know these were we, we were able to do that stuff and, and come up with that on our own really without a lot of guidance and and man i'm really proud of that stuff and 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 we really uh we we, we put everything into it you know we really beat the crap out of each other tom and 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 you know and the people appreciated it and it, and it it served us both well like you know jerry had a different path he took but man let me tell you what, Jerry was an ECW champion, ROH champion, had was so well respected by by everybody. And 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 for me, one of the to this day, no matter who I've been in the ring with after Jerry, like still up there, one of the best I've ever been in the ring with. Ever. What's great is that that, that passion is, is still being passed down, obviously through yourself and through Jerry Lynn, who's working behind the scenes at AEW now. So there's a whole new generation learning from that. You mentioned the bar fight, and I'm glad you did because it's, it's one of the best ones in the series. But is there a particular match uh, outside of that one that you hold in high regard where you really smashed it? Well, sort of. The match where I, the, the match I dropped the title to him in Dallas uh, it was, it was a two out of three fall. We went like, we went about an hour. It might've been a little more, a little less. Um, but, uh, it was a difficult match to do. And I'm proud of it because the stipulation they put on us was that we had to beat the other guy with our finish. And mine was like a tombstone pile driver at the time. I'm not sure why I picked that for a finish. Um, and Jerry's was the sleeper, but when we do matches like that, um, um, when we do matches like that with stipulations like that, it takes away from all the cool near falls, like the one, two, oh, you know, and the barely kicking out. And like, it takes, a, it's, it's harder to do these matches mm. than just a regular match. People don't like, I think when they put the match together, when they booked it and came up with it on paper, it sounded great and, and all that, but just give me a regular match where I could have near falls for Christ's sakes. There's, there, there is um, 
you you see a lot of it, a lot of criticism towards NXT for a, for the the heavy <clears throat> amount of near falls that they have in in, a, in a, quite a lot of the big matches. A lot of people say there's too yeah. many. Uh, your what are your thoughts on that? Um, I, if they, the power of the near fall. It, man, it's a case by case thing, man. Mm. Like if they're working, they're working. Yeah. You know, like if it's the problem is like when there's no crowd, how do you know what's working? That's the toughest thing to go you know? through at the moment. Yeah. With no one yeah. reacting, you're, you're sort of flying blind yeah. in every match you have it. Yeah. I don't like to get too like, oh, they're, do you know, like, like if a particular match, something doesn't work or like, I'm not a fan of like, oh, they, you know, the ref's getting buried or things like that. Like, um, <clears throat> yeah. But like just in, in general, like I don't like to just I don't like to just uh be negative, you know, and and ah this shit nowadays. I just don't like to be that guy. Like I like to be uplifting of the younger generation, like Terry Funk was. Mm. You know, Terry Funk was always, you know, he was obviously the old school guy, but he was very supportive uh, of, of all the younger guys, like like he was an ECW. And you hear that, right? You hear that in, in Pro Wrestling for Life, which is the new podcast, which we're going to talk about uh, throughout today. And what I love about that is that whilst there's, there's a lot of podcasts out there and a lot of, a lot of the podcasts are, are, are wrestlers telling stories, and it's great that you do that as well. But it's not just that. Uh, there's a whole bit at the front where you and Nick will chat about, right, what's happened in the wrestling news this week, because it shows that your finger is still so on the, on the pulse of what is happening in wrestling. And, it's, and, and, and what I love as well, when you watch it you light up when you talk about it like when you're talking oh, about yeah. stuff that's happened like the stuff that's happened over the past week you were talking about the stuff with mlw the other day and it was just like you could see you light up talking about about wrestling today that passion hasn't gone anywhere has it sean no man and i just love seeing people like coming up and and making making stuff happen and creating things and and just man like okay if it's not necessarily my cup of tea man so what, you know, like, I mean, if you don't like it, don't watch it. Yeah. There's so much, so much great stuff out there these days. Come on, man. Like, you know, it's actually so, a great time to be a fan because there's yeah. so much like it's, yes. it's, you have, you have new stuff every single day of the week. And if you don't like any of that, you have access to pretty much every wrestling match that's ever happened ever. So yeah. like you can't right. complain, you know, what a time to yeah. be alive. And it's, <laughs> it's just different, man. Like we're, it's never going to go back to the way it was. You can't put the two toothpaste back in the tube, right? Like, I mean, the crowds reacted a certain way at one time because, like, they, you know, like, you know, they were just in a different mindset. They, they were able to believe in it, like, and we were lying to them. We were still all like swearing to God on our mother's grave that this shit's real, <laughs> and fight you for it. <laughs> <laughs> I will fight you if you tell me otherwise. Exactly. Yeah. That. Oh, I've been there. Have you? <laughs> what's the most you fought for the for the for the reputation of wrestling? <laughs> oh no, just you know the typical like have to knock the shit out of somebody, you know, like, and it started off with something like that, you know. You know, I, I, get you know, I don't <laughs> condone these things. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, we're going to pick your second match. Let's get into your yes. second match. So uh, a cracker of a 10-man tag uh, to get started. Uh, what would you like your second one to be, Sean? Okay, my second one is uh, Rick Flair versus Terry Funk from uh, Great America Bash. Rick, the question on my mind and on thousands of fans' mind is, 
why are you returning when you know perfectly well another injury to that axis vertebrae and you could be uh, severely injured for life? Gordon, I've heard that question a thousand times, but I've heard it once. I'm returning because <clears throat> I only know one thing in this life, and that's professional wrestling. This has been my life. It's the greatest sport in the world. And the only way I'm going to take another step forward in whatever I do in life is to walk out in that ring tonight and find out just what my future is. Terry Funk obviously is going to be centering his attack on your upper body. Well, he'd be a fool if he didn't. I know what I'm getting myself into, but I think Terry Funk at the same time, in all fairness to Ric Flair, knows what he's in for. If I am 100%, if I am 120% like I feel I am, Terry Funk will have the fight of his wrestling career on his hands in a few moments. Terry Funk knows what he did to me. He knows he did not do it on a man-to-man -man basis. He did it when my back was turned. He inflicted an injury on me that almost ended my career, and now he knows that right here in Baltimore, Maryland, in front of the whole world, he has to do it again, or he has to suffer the consequences. And they are starting out right yeah, now. Yeah, they are outside the ring. That's going to be a situation where Flair has got to maintain his composure. He says he is the dirtiest player in the game, and they've got to take it back to the ring. He is styling and profiling, and he wants to fight Terry Funk. Funk already, I think, has lost his cool. He was trying to get some of that railing, anything he can get his hands on. He's out in the crowd. He wants something to take in the ring with him. Funk, the former offensive guard at West Texas State University. His father, Dory Funk Sr., wrestled actively from 1939 to 1973. So he comes from a quite a wrestling family. He and his brother Dory, the only brother combination to ever hold the NWA World's title. And Funk just got hammered. He got tattooed by Ric Flair, who's on the timekeeper's table. These two have had some belters. Why this one in particular? Okay, because, you know, a lot of people, like, and I don't blame them. Um, I, I technically, Ricky Steamboat is, 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 is nature's, best opponent ever right right as far as quality of matches and just and all of that but my favorite opponent of rick flair's is terry funk man that angle they shot after in in nashville at wrestle war after he after he beat steamboat and they had that classy moment and you know and then terry comes in you know a lot of people didn't even know who terry funk was anymore you know like there's new fans that would like or just kind of remember him but like you know, geez, where have you been? You know, and man, just like that, man, with one angle, he was the top heel in the company. Stunning. And that was, it was amazing, man. And that match was hot. Like they were, they, you know, they had the, they had two rings because they had war games that night too. But I mean, it just started off right away. And, and this match, okay. Um, you know, I was talking earlier about that, that match I had with Jerry and we had the, uh, the stipulation. Right. Well, um, sometimes the stipulations can, um, can. Anyways, I like this match better than most people's favorite Funk Flair match, which most people like the I Quit match better. But I like this match because of the near falls, because uh, because I love near falls. It's that man. passion for near falls again, near yes. falls back again. Yeah, and there was a really great stuff with with Sting getting involved in Muda at the end, and it was. A real cool moment with with Sting and Flair, like kind of sharing the 
you know, sharing a moment together. Like it was just, man, it was just, it's what pro wrestling's all about, man. The people are insane too. You had Ric Flair on Pro Wrestling for Life for the first episode. That was a, it was a great listen because it, for one, it was great to hear you guys chatting and, and sort of catching up on old times, but f- it felt like it was quite cathartic for you to yeah, have that me. conversation with Flair. <laughs> felt like yeah, you needed that. I, I mean, I didn't need it, but it felt good. Mm. It felt good for me because, you know, like I, did, like I was pretty disrespectful to Rick, you know, and he was very gracious about it when he, was, when he came on the show you know, years later, but like there was hard feelings at the time. It really was. And, and like, you know, I mean, I was a dick, you know, I was real hungry, man. I felt like I needed to be that way. Uh, and, and that, but like, I got to be, you know, I got to, you know, I did all those things to him in public. Like people do shit, like they disrespect someone in public and then they apologize in private. I just assumed do it in front of everybody. Just like I, you know, the, the disrespect I gave him. So it, it was it, it was good for me. I mean, the, you talked a lot about the 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 angle that you did, which was um, you dressing as Flair. It was yeah. reenacting the My Spot promo, and and it did come back to what's been discussed a few times. Like it'd have been fine had Flair come out and run you all off. Yeah, and but that never happened. It never materialized. Yeah. And yeah, they were supposed to go out afterwards, and like it would have looked bad if they went out afterwards but didn't come run us off, right? Mm. So, yeah, like I get it, man. Weird, yeah. I get it. It was uh, this is during your your time as part of part of the NWO. I think a lot has been yeah. said about your time in the NWO and now Hall of Fame, uh, and a lot has been said about your time in D Generation X now in the Hall of Fame. Um, yeah, not much said about X Factor. Yo, you dealing with the X Factor? I got everything I ever Yo. wanted, and I'll never Yo. give that back. Yo. Oh, I know you hate the that factor, factor, but you ain't gotta look at me like that. I said you ain't gotta look at me. And I'd like to talk about X Factor, Sean. Right, okay. I'm, I'm not even I'm not even being daft. Like, I love the bones off of X Factor. I thought it was a cracking faction. I loved Uncle Cracker. It was three lads that I could get behind. I liked X Factor. Thank you. <laughs> I don't get like. I mean, we weren't trying to be baby faces. We were just we were trying to be a heel faction, man. And uh, and I think we did a good job. It wasn't the top. It wasn't you know. We weren't at the top of the card, but we were a solid mid card spot, you know, upper mid card, like, um, and, uh, and we were heels, man. And, uh, PJ was a real good partner, uh, way better than he gives himself credit for. Like he's, um, he was an excellent partner. And the, the, my, the thing I'm most proud of about that was, uh, was picking Prince Albert. To be mm. to be our heavy, man. I I've been keeping an eye on him, and besides being just a wonderful human being, I mean from from day one, uh, I could just tell like this guy's got something, man. And uh, and he picked like he listened to everything I said, man, and uh, and 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 did it, man. Like everything I told him, he did it per like about as perfect as you can imagine somebody doing. And I, I was. Just so proud of him, man. And like, I, cause I felt like I was part of him, you know, uh, uh, becoming a force to be reckoned with, you know? Um, so I was just really proud of that, man. So talk me through the process of, of forming X Factor then. So this is, this is, um, sort of start of 2001. Um, the, the DX thing is now all done and dusted. Um, you're, 
and and this is something new. It just sort of appears on TV, but behind the scenes, how did it all come together? I don't know. I don't know. They just asked. They just mentioned PJ to me, and you know, I was in kind of you know, man, like should be honest. There, there was that period there where like, what do we do with X Pac? You know, and uh, and I wasn't bringing any new ideas to the table. So, um, you know, it was it's easy to complain about creative and you're not bringing any, you know, better ideas. So that's always a good thing. People, when you're going to, when you're going to bitch about something, have a better, better idea on deck and not just be the complainer, but okay. Anyways, uh, there was actually talk and, and Paul, he pitched this and, and I appreciate it. And, and he, he was, he wasn't wrong. Uh, you know, it would have been kind of cool, but like he wanted to be, he wanted me, PJ, and bring bring in Lance Storm and be the impact players, like 2.0 or something. And I just wasn't really wanting to be a part of somebody else's faction, dude. Like nothing against anybody. So I, I didn't want to do it. And, you know, I thought maybe Paul might have been disappointed in, in, in me about that. Uh, I'm not sure, <laughs> but... I, I shot it down. I might have been a little bit of a dick about it, actually. <laughs> what did you say to him when he said, right, how about you, just incredible landstorm, impact players in the WWF? Did you just, was it? Yeah, but well, Shane McMahon just happened to be coming by at the moment when we were getting into, and I was, Shane's like, what's going on? I was like, you want me to do this? I don't want to do it. And he goes, then you're not doing it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> did Lance Storm know how close he was to being part of X Factor? No, like, because he wouldn't have been part of X Factor. I would have been part of Impact Players 2.0. That's true. That's, but did he know that he was in the mix at any point? I don't know. Actually, He does, he does know. now. That's embarrassing. I don't know. <laughs> he, he got involved anyway. He ended up, he ended up part of the WWF when all the WCW lads came Oh, sure. So he got in the mix. You know, I'm a big Lance Storm fan uh, yeah. as a person and, you know. But like you say, I think as again, Lance Storm and Just Incredible have been great. I totally get why you turned it down because sort of Prince Albert being the heavy was a better fit for that trio rather than having you know a, a, a three wrestlers. You have like you have the two wrestlers and you have the big lad, and it's a, it's it's your it's your, your meat and potatoes stable to start off with, and from there, uh, massive oaks can grow. Uh, were you yes. upset that it didn't get as far as you hoped it did because it kind of started and then kind of went a bit quiet and then the invasion happened and everyone got sort of moved around. And did you feel like you could have had more mileage with the X factor? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. But so I know like I I got hurt at one point there and I was out, it was out for a while. Uh, Mm. um, Yeah. I don't know, Tom. I, I, I thought, you know, maybe we could have got more mileage out of it, but I, I don't know. I don't know where my head was at at the time. If I was, you know, um, I mean, I wasn't like all messed up or anything, but you know, you know, I had some personality issues, some attitude issues sometimes. And I was a bit, I don't know. I, I could, they weren't really, they weren't in a hurry to like take care of anything I had to do with creatively. Cause I didn't, I didn't endear myself to the, to the current uh, write writers that they had, you know, mm. so yeah, so I don't know, man. It's it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell. But the one thing I I, I was really doing toward the end of that was trying to feed Albert and mm. trying to make him the big deal of that. 
And it worked. He became Intercontinental Champion and in that year. Yeah. And he's now behind the scenes guiding more careers. So it's... They actually they actually booked him to beat Undertaker on TV one, one time. But Undertaker was like, no, that's not happening. Like, just wow. out of nowhere. Like, and I don't blame Mark. You know, like, it's almost like, you know, uh, telling Steve to come to TV so he could just do a job for Brock real quick. Yeah. What year was Lost that? It. What year would have what year would have Albert and Taker gone down? What year was that? Oh, it was this it was during the it was during during the X Factor stuff. We were still X Factor. The spring of X Factor, as as we all call it. The spring of X Factor. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Everyone calls it that. Right? Everyone calls it the spring <laughs> of X Factor. Of course we do. Um one more question on that. We'll move on after that. Um, whose idea was Uncle Cracker? Mine. Excellent choice. <laughs> Yeah, so me, I think so. Uncle Cracker. It got me into Uncle Cracker. Off the back of X Factor, I bought Double Wide, and then I bought 72 and Sunny, <laughs> and then from there, off to the races we go. No strangers to shame. It's carried on from there. So it's your fault. So you've not, so you've not heard the story behind that? No. Okay. Leans in. So, no. yes. All right. <laughs> Shane, Shane, my man, comes up to me, and he goes, man, uh, we were thinking about having Red Hot Chili Peppers do your theme music. And I'm like, no, I want Uncle Cracker. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Amazing. Okay. <laughs> okay. Red Hot Chili Peppers. I'm, if you want, I guess if you want. It's, it's, it, says, it says loads for um, for the, the, the respect that you cover. With, obviously, with Shaver Band, you guys go back to, you know, 1999. I remember as a, as a super fan watching you guys for the European title, WrestleMania 15, just being drawn into all that. That was a great match. It's a great that match. Was, that was a great match, and that was his first real big match. Like, like he had never really had him. I mean, he might have had a couple-minute little match or something on TV or whatever, but that was really his first match, and he brought it, huh? He still does. Like he's, you know, he still yeah. gets himself in there. He gets in the mix of it. When I came back as a wrestling fan, because I, you know, it's, it's, it, you go through some, some people go through lapsed times as fans. I became a lapsed fan. The first episode of Raw I watched back as a wrestling fan, it started with Shane McMahon in the ring and it was ahead of St. Valentine's Day Massacre. And he was doing it. He was talking, bringing, bringing up his dad's main event. He was bringing the cage down and you were on top of the cage as it was coming down. Yes. That was a that was the crowd are losing their mind as the cage is coming down with you on top. Oh, giving it socks. It's amazing. <laughs> I just about had shit in my pants too because <laughs> I'm I'm afraid of heights. I'm, no. I'm afraid of heights, Tom. And so they had me climb out like on the the whatever you call it, the catwalk up in the ceiling mm -hmm. of, of the arena, man. It's like, you know, I don't know, 80 feet high, or I don't know how freaking high that is it's high though and so they had me without any safety harness or nothing climb out over the edge and down onto the top of that cage like what if i would have slipped man i'd have been dead the, adre yeah. the adrenaline carry you through at any point or were you just yes. your pants the whole time? all of it all <laughs> of it yeah like okay once the people started going crazy like okay i was okay you know like that helps because, you know, just being on the top rope, like diving off the top rope to the floor, that's scary for me. It's a big, it's a, it's a lot of distance. It depends, depending on who's commentating, it could be anything between nine and 18 feet. It depends. It's a long, it's a long way down. When I dove on to Jerry and, and the Sportatorium, they, they say they, they measured it at 21 feet. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they exaggerated. I didn't go out and look myself, but. I love wrestle maths. It's brilliant. Uh -huh. <laughs> So yeah, I have a I have a 21 foot uh <laughs> horizontal leap. <laughs> <laughs>
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. When you left in 02, um, you, you, you hit the Indies again, uh, NWA, TNA, among others. What was the highlight of your time on the Indies? Um, and, and please tell me it was Wrestling Society X, because that was, that was an incredible show to watch. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah? Yeah, that was fun. That was interesting. You know, just that, like that whole, I mean, I mean just from the time we, we shot the pilot, and then when we came back and actually filmed the season, like, I mean, it was fun, man. And they took good care of us and I got paid. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like there was a lot of money involved in that. Yeah, there was. And just, yeah. you know, and they, so we were doing like 700, 800,000 views or whatever. And that wasn't very good at the time. Imagine like now they would go, oh, hell, we got a hit on our hands. Mm. But back then you know, it wasn't like, a I mean, lot, was it? Not really. It wasn't enough to keep us on the network. But it was, so. it was just, it was, it, it burned bright for a short while. Did it, did wrestling? It was Society fun X. though, man. Oh, it was, it was fun though. I think that wrestling in itself, and I've said this before and, and it's with love, like wrestling in itself is, is inherently like bollocks in the sense that it's so over the top and, and in your face. And when a wrestling company owns that and goes, we're going to double down on it. You, you yeah. get wrestling society X and it's just yeah. a joy to watch when you just go, we're just going to take this, to, to, to the nether realm and see and see if we get back in time you know it's, yeah. it was it was great like that but what are the highlights did you have from your time uh, after after leaving an o2 and going back to or back to your roots almost and going back on the road any highlights oh, stand out for you i can't really i mean there were a few things but man like i was pretty i was pretty messed up during during that when i started like doing indie stuff like I was pretty well, I was pretty whacked out on drugs, man. Like, mm. so like I had a few moments, but like, you know, when I went to TNA and like, I've talked about this, you know, when I had, uh, I had like my first match with AJ and TNA and, you know, like we didn't talk anything over because I was too busy getting high the whole time before we went out. Like, and you know, AJ was like shitting a brick, like, what are we going to do? And I was like, it'll be good. Like, and it was, it was really good, but like, I didn't even know a finish, man. We just went out there and just like 
ended up doing some weird like makeshift finish because by the time I was 20 something minutes in, I, I couldn't remember what we were going to do for a finish, you know, but um, it was a really good match. Uh, so there's that. Like I had a couple, a couple good ones with Sabu mm-hmm. for, for three PW and, and ECW arena. Like the, I, like I had one match with Sabu and he, he put me over and Sabu don't put no, like, that's a big deal. If Sabu thinks enough of you to put you over. Mm. And so I was going to return the favor and I was, I was hurting so bad. I could barely walk and uh, I had to get injected. I had to get uh, epidural injections into my spine uh, just to be able to get to the, but man, I, I, how do I look Sabu and I and go, man, I'm sorry. I'm hurt too much i can't come to the show like how do you say that to sabu mm. you know? so i did it man and and uh you know i put it back over and whatever and then i and i started missing shows tom you know no showing and i just kind of took myself out of the game you know instead of just you know instead of being like a you know a liability or whatever or you know doing that to promoters a lot of them being people i've known for a long time you know so anyway didn't mean to go down that. No, it's no, it's it's it's, it's all good. It's it was. All, it's no, it's, it's 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 how it happened, and it's it's, yeah. it's it's good to talk about it. Do you was there the moment? You can obviously a lot of, a lot of it has been has been talked about in in other interviews and stuff. But uh, was there? Can you remember that moment where you went right? This is day zero. Off we go again. We're going to start this again. Where like oh. you? No. No, well, I'm not sure what you mean. Sorry. So like so. It's not the almost moment when you hit rock bottom. Is was there a moment oh. where you went, okay, we're gonna we're gonna start to get back. I want to get back into doing wrestling. I miss doing it. I want to get back to where I was. So we're gonna start all. I was there a moment that you remember where you went? This has to change now. Um, like when I finally came back to TNA. Like mm. okay, Ke- Na- Kevin Nash and, and Jeff Jarrett were having a uh, a title match, and I came in. I was like a surprise, like. Anyways, I came in and kicked Jeff. Anyways, the people reacted well and um, and all that. And like, okay, that was the point where I was going, okay, I want to start coming back again. You know, yeah. uh, but man, I just wasn't ready. Like I was trying, I was trying to, you know, be responsible, but like, I just, I was still so far gone, man. Like, you know, like it was a couple of shows before I no-showed for them, you know? So... Man, I just, it was, man, it took a long time, Tom, to get, you know, uh, even to, like just to get to where, okay, I was reliable again to, to, to do shows, you know? Yeah. So, like, but it all, but it, but look where you are now as a, as a two time hall. Yeah, man. Yeah. No, life uh, is great now. <laughs> it's, 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 it's been on a journey and, and you're at a great point now. I want to talk about that and we'll get to your third and final match very shortly um i like to spring this on people it's nothing bad um as well as i want to because it's nice to get people's first reaction to this question um as well as taking three matches you can also take with you um, a movie an album and a luxury item so a luxury item being like something that's got some significance it can be uh, something that you use daily it could be something like something's got some personal value to you uh, but we'll do that in a second if i said to you you could take a movie what's the first movie that comes to your head grunt the wrestling movie nice have you ever seen it 
Um, I haven't seen Grunt, no. Dude. It's the only one I haven't seen. I was watching No Holes Barred the other night on my wrestling kick. I haven't seen Grunt. (laughs) It's way better in that that way. So for those who don't know, what's Grunt, which, so what's the, obviously it's about wrestling. It's the wrestling movie, but but what's the the premise of Grunt? Uh, So this guy, his name is Mad Dog Joe DiCurso. And and like, he's big, you know, uh, big, big star coming up and he's having this match with Skull Crusher Johnson and a freak accident happens. Like Skull Crusher does a hangman and gets his neck caught in the ropes. And then, uh, and then Mad Dog accidentally decapitates him and his head goes flying. And it's just, it's insane, right? Like that's just, that's what sets, sets the whole, you know, stage for the rest of the movie. Mad Dog Joe, he can't handle, you know, having done that to the guy. He just disappears and no one knows where he went. And there's this other wrestler that comes on the scene called The Mask. And everyone thinks it's Mad Dog Joe under The Mask. And anyways, it's, it's just it's it's real campy, man. It's 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 a fun movie, and it has a lot of cameos and a lot of stars in it. That like, uh, look it up, everybody. Like, it's a real fun movie. It's it's not a classic. It's a really fun movie for wrestling fans. There you go. There you go. What about an album? What album would you take? Which Uncle Cracker album are we taking with this, Sean? Wow, I don't know. seventy-two and sunny or not? Christopher Cross debut album. Beautiful, beautiful. I'd like to win. Like Red Like the Wind's one of my favorite songs ever. That's a gorgeous song that is. When, yeah. what, would that be something you listen to working out? Something you'd listen to 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 get pumped up? Something you'd start the day with? Uh, all of those. All of those actually. Nice. Yeah, especially when the pandemic started. Like I would I would sit and watch like reaction videos, people watching like people's reaction to 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 songs. And so it was man, it's amazing the sh- the shit that uh I started watching just, you know, sitting at home in the band. We all got bored. Wow. <laughs> what's the, what, what's the other stuff that you watch during the pandemic? I'll get, what's, is there something that you're quite, um, it's, it sounds rude to say it because it'll be somebody's favorite, like something that you're not embarrassed to watch, but surprised you watched, enjoyed. I'll be honest. I spent the last three weeks watching Desperate Housewives and I've really flipping enjoyed it. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Have you got one? Uh, man, I really... I started watching a ton of YouTube stuff. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I had no idea there was that much stuff on YouTube about everything. Uh, so, mm, all right, I I got caught up on uh, classic uh, Bionic Woman and Six Million Dollar Man episodes. Amazing, amazing. Yeah, Steve um, Austin classics. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, man, there's so much stuff. It's a I, lot. Yes, there's a there's a TV show called Counterpart. Uh, it's a European show. Uh, JJ, uh, what's he? He was Schillinger in Oz, and he was also like, um, who's the guy? He owns. Um, he runs the newspaper in Spider Man in the Spider Man movies. The guy plays the guy who plays Jameson, Jay, 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 uh, Yeah, JJ Jay, Jameson. Uh, the, yeah, act, the actor, yeah, yeah, J.K. Simmons, Harry Lloyd, J.K. Simmons. Yeah. I, pull, I pulled it up on here because I was intrigued to see which one you were talking about. Which which one? Counterpart. Counterpart. Yeah, it's a great show. Yeah, it's a great show. He's very Check he's he's very good as J.K. Simmons. Very very good. Um, and a, a luxury item. Then this always is a weird one for people. So, 
Uh, we've had people in the in the past taking their car. We've had people taking pets. We've had people taking um, full length mirrors. Strangely, uh, James Storm is taking toilet paper. I can tell you that much. I guess because it's a desert island and he wants to keep clean down there. Uh, but what about you, sir? There was a, is there a, a, an item with some value that you'd want to take with you on a desert island? I mean. I would like to have my coffee maker with me, but I mean, then you need, you know, cure up K cups and everything. So, I mean, I don't know, man. You can take your coffee maker. You can take your coffee maker. That's fine. If it's yeah, an, if it's an I, essential item in your day. What am I going to put? Oh, it is. It is. I go through mm. a, a massive amounts of coffee. What? What is? What do you have? A favorite coffee that you drink? Um, Cafe Bustello. Okay. It's called Cafe Bustello. It's it's really good. It's cute. I think it's Cuban. Nice. Is that what you're drinking now? No, I'm drinking a, some uh, local organic French roast coffee that you get. Like you buy eighty of them for twenty five bucks. <laughs> <laughs> buy in bulk. It's cheaper. Nice. Oh look, we'll take your yeah. coffee. We'll take your coffee maker and some coffee pods. Um, if you, if we can't worry about electricity because you're taking a DVD player on the island. So it's, it's, it's full of loopholes. We wouldn't worry about it. Uh, uh, right. So um, you, you're rehabbing at the moment and the conversation has turned to, to a return to, to the ring for Sean Waltman. You've had offers uh, from guys like Santos Escobar, Sami Zayn all over the place. So it's, it's, as, it's kind of my role to ask the question about a potential comeback and if there is anybody that you would love the bones off of stepping into the ring with. Wow. I mean, I guess that depends on, uh, on assuming, assuming like everything goes well with my recovery and things keep uh -huh. going, you know, as well as they have been. Um, and I could carry my, carry my end of, of the match, man. Like another one with, with Sammy would, would be, uh, would be fun. You know, and you know, like all those guys, like like Escobar, like I mean, I man, I'm honored to have guys of that caliber, you know, say these things. And uh, you know, even the, these kids MSK that are in NXT right now, right? They're the, they're the tag champs there. Um, like I've been talked to that, like, hey man, maybe we'll do a six man or something. I don't know, man. I just like I'm not putting any expectations. You know, people are coming up with scenarios, and Nick, you know, my co-host Nick, he's yeah. You know, oh, they come back to, you know, <laughs> getting all excited. And I'm like, hey, Nick, man, calm down a little bit. Because, you know, we're not like, I'm not, I'm it's not going to be another run. And that's just a short sprint, you know, like no marathons. But, but what does that say for the, for the, 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 the passion that people have for you? The, like, you've, you're barely out of surgery and people are going, right, retirement tour. We've booked this. <laughs> Book this venue. You're going here. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. That says a lot for you. And it's it's nice that it does because there was something else I wanted to ask you that it, I should have asked this earlier, really, because there's a, there's a term in wrestling parlance that is attached to your name. And I'm always intrigued as to how you feel on it, which is X-Pac heat. Yes. And it's it's done the rounds for a long time and, and it has a multitude of meanings. And we talked earlier about how you enjoy going into a match with almost the, with, with people expecting nothing from you and then you rocking their socks off. Um, how do you feel about the term? How did you feel about the term X-Pac heat at the time? And how do you feel about it now? I didn't get it. I didn't get it at the time. Like, cause um, man, 
like Xbox sucks when you hear that chant, man. It's like it doesn't sound any different than you know Eddie sucks or you, you suck like to Kurt. Like I mean, it was like like if like go away heat is like you don't even you don't even you don't even make any noise, you know. Like when when the person's out there and like I was getting the ideal reactions a heel would get. Like it wasn't like they were sitting on their hands and birds were chirping, man. The place was, was loud. I wanted to see me get my ass beat. Um, so, so I always went, Oh, that's bullshit. You know, like there's no such things. It's just a, but there were actually people that felt that way, obviously, like looking back, you know, that's fine. That's fine. You know, uh, people, certain people felt like they, I can't begrudge, you know, uh, I can't begrudge people for how they feel about something, you know? Um, and maybe, you know, maybe I was stale, you know, maybe I, um, I could have changed things up a little bit more, you know, things like that. So, you know, there's a lot of different ways to look at things and it's not just like, Hey, you were wrong. You know, it's not like, you know, I also got to look in the mirror too, you know? But again, what a testament to, to, to have, the conversations of X-Pac heat from back in the day to this point now where, as I say, we just come out of surgery. People have already booked your retirement tour. And so it says a lot, the fact that it clearly wasn't go away heat when they want you back. <laughs> you yeah, but, so, I mean, so say I did come back, you know, and I stayed around too long. I mean, maybe that happens again, you know? So like, uh, you know, um, I'm definitely mindful of stuff like that. And that, and that's like, so when we talk about a comeback, like I have a few matches, you know, if it fits, if I, if I could help, you know, you know, help build somebody else or, you know, just anything that's not sucking all the oxygen out that, you know, some of the younger guys could be breathing, you know, like I, like I don't want to be that guy, you know, somebody wants to come at me and put me out of my misery, you know, do something like that. That's fine with me. We um one more one more question about sort of the idea of, of dream matches and stuff, and then we'll 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 let we'll leave it because obviously this is still something that's all up in the air. But what what would you say to of who would it be? Who would it be an ideal opponent for a final match as opposed to like a run of dream matches? Like when you know it's the last match, we had Ric Flair had I'm sorry I love you super kick Shawn Michaels. Um, Undertaker had his his final match. Uh, in, in, in a circumstance against AJ Styles, technically was the final one. But is there somebody that you would like to, if you could choose anybody to have that definitive, this is the end of my time. This is the last match for me. Is there anybody you'd love to have that last one with? I can't pick one specific person, mm. but any of these guys like, like uh, that, that are, that are great, that are, that are coming up like, like Escobar, like he's a star. You know, Del Fantasmans was a star before he come to WWE, right? Like he made a name for himself. Uh, now he's there and he's doing it. He's doing it in WWE. And if I could be, you know, in a match with him and, you know, ends up being my last match, that would be great. Or, you know, someone like that. Not like, an, you know, like the main event guy, like that's, you know, oh, it's got to be with Randy Orton or this guy. I'd rather it be with somebody that could, that would help boost them, you know? It's not going to help boost Randy Orton have my last match with me. <laughs> No, I, 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 no, I totally hear you. So, it, like, you want to go out and, and 
pass that torch on on the yeah, way. man. That's yeah. it. And it and it speaks for the love that you have for wrestling in, in the podcast. Um we'll talk about that in just a second. But your last match, we've got to do your last match, Sean. Um we've had yeah. uh, Flair and Funk. Uh, we had a cracker of a 10 man. Uh, what would you like your third and final one to be, Sean? I went with and both like the, I was I was thinking of two different matches, but they both had Roddy Piper in them. So it was either going to be uh, Roddy versus Adrian Adonis from WrestleMania three, which I think a lot of people sleep on that match because they think about Flair, uh, Savage Steamboat. But like, like what? Go back and watch Piper and Adonis uh, on that. It was great. So like, but I ended up going with Piper versus Brett from WrestleMania eight for the IC title. It was great. It's a match that um, the big part of that match, the match itself was great, but that promo before. It's another first in this WrestleMania firsts. As a matter of fact, this is the first time these two men are meeting for the World Wrestling Federation Intercontinental title. Champion Rowdy Rowdy Piper, his opponent, (laughs) a former IC champion himself, number one contender, Brett the Hitman Hart. Gentlemen, we have arrived. We we have arrived. You know, I got to say, first of all, man, I got to tell you how much I love your family. I got to tell you how much I love your mom. I know you. I know this guy since he's been on the I do a grasshopper. I know. I remember when they were changing your potty pads. I remember even when, of course, you weren't potty trained till he was seven, but ah, everybody's got their problem. Tying, remember tying bows in our shoes when we were kids? Of course, your shoes were always tied together. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter to me because I remember when Mrs. Hart used to come down that she used to make them sandwiches, man, throw on that bologna. Of course, only one piece of bologna, but that don't matter. I was hungry. Then she'd come up and she'd go to her little... What is this? Yourself. Oh, keep my... Oh, this is nice, huh? Here I am having a little fun trying to make you at ease. Going to have a nice con to keep him to yourself. Have a nice contest. And here you want to be a hero all of a sudden, huh? You want to be a hot shot all of a sudden. You want your belt all of a sudden. Is that the idea, huh? Look, all I care about is one thing. I want to win back the Intercontinental belt. You got it. I'm going to take it. That's you right. keep your hands to yourself. Let me help you out a little bit, buddy. We can, we can settle here, our you know. Oh, yeah, you damn betcha we can. Why do right it here when I can have a million people watch me rip your head off? Would have had you. No, you wouldn't have. Oh, th- th- thank you, gentlemen. Bye, bye. Bret Hart on bye, his bye. way to the ring. Bye, bye. Right. This should be a classic, ladies and gentlemen. I don't think Roddy, so. Roddy, Roddy Piper defending Not against today. the challenger. Let's get back to ringside. She be mine. Please. I remember being really into it. Just the whole, the buildup and and just the match, the story, the, the story the match told. You know, and then, you know, at the one point, you know, Roddy's got the bell in his hand and like, is he going to hit him with it? or And, just, and then the finish. I really love the finish with the sleeper and he does the, you know, kick, kicks off the top turnbuckle and, the, you know, I don't even know what the hell you call that. It was, um, oh gosh, it wasn't even a cradle, was it? It was just a roll. No, a, man. It was no. just crazy. Like uh, roll up maybe. It was weird, you know, but it was, it was, it was so, it was just really well done, really well done. And Roddy, you know, like Roddy was a different guy. He was so good. I mean, like, obviously great, but, mm. you know, um, uh, just that, the, the, the intensity and the, the, the storytelling skills, man. You and Piper crossed paths quite a bit during your career, didn't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Any yeah. happy I memories? Had, I had, yeah. Yeah. I was supposed to have three, like uh, a, a big house show loop uh, on the upper, on the East Coast in the Northeast. It's supposed to be Nassau. Was it Nassau or, or Meadowlands? Anyways, it was one of the big New York venues, 20,000 20, seaters. Um, there, Pittsburgh and another big venue, like maybe Philly or Chicago, or not Chicago, Philly or Washington. But I was supposed to have a match with Razor, one, two, three, Kid versus Razor. It was a pretty hot match, right? And uh, as far as like the Pete, it wasn't a cold match. It wasn't, we had a lot of history behind that match. So when Scott got suspended, they needed a replacement. And Vince is like, uh, Vince's his mentality is if you're going to have a replacement, have them be of equal or greater value mm. always. And so they brought in, when the people heard, you know, that Scott's not going to be there. And then they're kind of like, Oh, right. Like, you know, what a letdown. And then they hear the bagpipes playing. They go freaking bananas, you know, and we beat the shit out of each other, Tom. Like there was no like, Hey, what, if, like, what if we do this spot? What if we just went out there and did it? I, and, you know, the match wasn't pretty, but it was, it was intense. And, uh, the people were, it was the, the heat, the crowd reaction was, was, was incredible. Piper's one I of those was, guys. I was sore, man. He's just, he, he's a violent, a, 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 a really sc a scrappy worker that didn't have to do a lot to, to yeah. get the crowd riled up. So I can't imagine the sort of fun that you guys had on the, yeah. in, then, in that one. Yeah. And then just, you know, the six man we had and uh, it went Flair, Piper and Green versus Scott and Kevin and I, which is one of the matches. Like I told you about, like I picked three matches that I was in too, you know? Mm. Uh, so out of interest, you tell out of interest yeah what which ones did you pick that, that featured you out of interest yeah like if i like if i'm on a desert island and i had to pick three matches that i was in mm. like the the first one would be uh one two three kid versus bret hart for for the for the title no nice. uh, that's the best man that's my that's my greatest singles match um the flair piper green versus uh scott and kevin and i from uh slamboree uh, and, uh, all like the, one of the best tag team matches, like of that whole era. Um, and it, you, very few people saw it. It was, it was on this show called action zone, Tom. I know action zone. I know of it. Yeah. It was, it was one of the first main events of, it was like, I don't think it was the first week of action zone. I think it was the second, but it was, uh, myself as the one, two, three kid and razor Ramon versus Shawn Michaels and diesel. Uh, like, no, it's no, one I of the greatest tech. Yeah. I, I don't mean to sound like that because I'm in the match and like, you know, like I feel kind of weird going, Oh, it's one of the greatest matches. But it really is one of the best tag matches. Oh God. Yeah. And it's, and it's a period in wrestling. And we do with Cultaholic, we do a weekly uh, raw review. We've been watching every episode of Monday night raw from the beginning and we're into 1995. So you're on it quite a bit, sir. And it's, it's a time where the, the roster is, is so lean, but there are some standouts in there that are pushing through. And, and it's funny that you mentioned those three matches of the Brett and uh, the Brett the Brett match with yourself for the title on Raw was just uh, a beauty. And you know that already, but the one match that gets lots of love on Desert Island Graps, I'm really glad that you're here that I can tell you this because uh, it's come up a couple of times and it's you versus Owen Hart from King of the Ring. Yeah, yeah. A few people have mentioned it's not a long match. It's a yeah. short, sharp, aggressive match. You're coming in injured and Owen is just an asshole. And it's just beautifully 
like put together just just i think less than 10 minutes but no no it was like four four minutes and change nothing yeah. if that and it was just but it's but i love the fact that it's such a short match but it's such a such a, an impactful match to people that it i Dude. think i think three times it's come up as people's choice i mean just show. right from the right like so i my music plays and i don't come out right away because i'm still selling the pile drivers from jeff jarrett right mm. and so finally i make it out and i'm doing a whole walk down to the ring like i can barely get down and Owen hits me with this freaking uh, sliding kick through the ropes as I'm like walking to the ring. And I mean, takes my head off. I mean, you see, it's what he, man, good thing my head was attached, man, because my head would have been, it would have, it was insane. He freaking kill me with that thing, man. It was, what a way to start the thing. Because I mean, I mean, the, it got a reaction. And then we, we just kept, kept on from there man and you know we just got right into it and somehow it didn't seem rushed even though we crammed a lot of shit into that four minute match you got a lot in and uh, and it it felt like it was a, a full match even though it was like you say yeah. a couple of minutes and change there's there's a, actually there's a bit come up in our podcast which which while you're here I'll, I'll i'll just pick your brain on if you don't mind because we're just a few weeks away from um the dastardly moment that the one two three kid joined the million dollar corporation Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, yeah. tre- trepidation on turning heel at that point after you've been such a hot prospect no because i you know it was obvious like they, they were all out of you know things they were gonna do it i i felt like my my days as a baby face as a you know the underdog baby face yeah you know they got a lot a lot out of it you know it was time to do something else and before before I came to WWF as one, two, three kid, I was a straight up heel, vicious, villainous heel, like for the most part, like on everything and pretty good at it too. So like I, I was, I was happy to, and, and um, I just loved teaming with Sid, you know, like we were, he called, they, they would call us Sid and kid and I'd go, no, it's kid and Sid. And it was just, I really loved the dynamic that we were going to win the tag titles actually. What happened? You know, like Sid, you know, you know, it's some, you know how it was with Sid back then, you know, like he was apt to like become unhappy about something or something came up in his life. And like, you know, yeah, it was a bit. Wrestling wasn't always the most important thing in Sid's life, you Mm. know, and that's, and that's fine. Yeah. So that led to. I really, really loved, I would have loved to have been tag team champions with Sid. That have been good times. That have been good yeah. times. Uh, the podcast Pro Wrestling for Life is uh, it, it's it's off and running. We're we're quite a few weeks into it now. Uh, are you? This feels like a very different podcast to the one that you did before. And you've said previously that you were never a big fan of public speaking, but you yeah. seem to have very much taken the ownership of hosting this show more than you did your previous. Is that by design? Oh yeah, it's just different. Like, like I think I'm a good conversationalist. Yeah. You know, um, and that's why I think, you know, it works out well for me. Like, I mean, it's different than getting up in front of 15, 20,000 people and giving a acceptance speech. You know, it's just a different thing for me. And, uh, you know, I mean, even when I'm doing having talking about my show, like sometimes I have an awkward, you know, moment or something where like I revert back to the, oh, I'm scared to talk, you know, uh, feelings, but they go away, you know. Yeah, uh, but I just really loved the, the the new format, 
you know, because before, you know, Xbox 12360, you know, we just would do the same thing. We'd just talk, you know, a little bit, you know, about a bunch of different things and then have, have a guest or sometimes not even a guest. And then just started going through the motions at, at, at a certain point because I, like, I did over three years, like, without missing a, a week, you know, a single episode. But, um, anyways, coming back. I just we want to do something different and and it's great having nick uh who's who's you know really creative and so you know him and i had we were on the same page on like you know the different segments of the show and you know like maybe having you on one time like uh coming up this week i'm have conrad tom uh gonna be in the retrospective segment oh yeah i see yeah. yeah i mean i i would i'd be up for it be, sure. If, if, if you'd have me, I'd be super yeah. up for it. So Conrad asked me about um, the Flair Piper Green uh, Slamboree match. So, and so uh, we get uh, all into that. Yeah. So can I? May, could okay. I'll I'll think on that. If if you're up for having me on, I'll think on that and I'll come to you with a sure with, with a retrospective yeah. to choose on. But I like the, with uh, the yeah. but with the show itself, I like the fact that if it, it does it, as I said earlier on, it doesn't feel like a regular wrestlers podcast because it talks about what's going on in the wrestling world today. You've got like interviews in there. You have the bit where you do look back on your career because it'd be foolish to have you on the show and not reflect on that. And then you play games right. at the end. It feels like a radio show, which is proper in my wheelhouse. Like it yeah, feels yeah. Like a radio show <laughs> you could just you could yeah. drop onto serious at any point yeah man so like and i always want to do that tic-tac-toe hold game show yeah. uh, uh oh, and yeah. then so we're 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 doing some other ones now too and it's just like it's a way to you know to have the you know i don't even like calling them fan i don't like calling people fans like mm. it just is weird i mean that's me i know it's not a derogatory term but like my supporters you know like people that support me having them on and being able to interact with them and let, you know, letting them have access to me, you know, like, uh, I love that. It's the, it's a reason why I like doing personal appearances and meet and greets just cause I just love that interaction with, with the, with the people. And if people want to interact with the show, how can they get in touch? How can they find the podcaster? Uh, well, it's on everything. Like it's on my YouTube channel, YouTube, uh, com slash Xpoc. Um, and also it's on, you know, every podcast, you know, every, everywhere you get the podcast, whether it's Spotify or Apple podcast, any of that stuff. I'm just throwing names out there, uh, but just anywhere, right. It's pro wrestling for life. Easy and, to find. Uh, yeah. And on social media, it's pro rest W W R E S for life. Uh, so, and then obviously my, my regular social media stuff, you know, at the real X Pac and, my Instagram is at real XPOC without the the in it. Amazing. Amazing. It's been an honor and a privilege to chat to you as somebody that uh, grew up watching you do what you do uh, to get to not only discuss beard oil, but X Factor with you has genuinely been a, a highlight of my day. So thank you very much for, for taking time to have a chat with us. This has been great. Thank you. Thanks, Tom. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Podcasts from. 